Friends, hello, and welcome to episode 518 of the Juicebox Podcast. On today's episode, I'll be speaking with Sean Brown. Sean's an adult living with type 1 diabetes, and he and I go on a journey together. We talk about a little bit of everything. If I remember correctly, I was sick when I recorded this one, so I'm not 100% certain what I said. So you can't hold me accountable. Please remember while you're listening that nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Please always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. Now, there are some things you can do without consulting your physician. For instance, you could listen to the Diabetes Pro Tip episodes of the podcast. They begin at episode 210 and are also available at diabetesprotip.com. See what I did there? It's like a weird little... Anyway, I turned it into a thing for you. I have a little extra stuff here. Oh, uh, yeah, Sean's on Instagram. I wanted to tell you that because I really like him. And I thought if you wanted to check him out, you could. He's Sean Brownie. S-H-A-U-N-B-R-O-W-N-I-E. This show is sponsored today by the glucagon that my daughter carries, Gvoke Hypopen. Find out more at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juicebox. We're also sponsored by the Contour Next One Blood Glucose Meter. I'd very much like it if you would check it out at contournext.com forward slash juicebox. There are links in the show notes of your podcast player and links at juiceboxpodcast.com to these and all of the sponsors. Check them out. Hey, this one's going to be interesting. I don't feel well. This is the closest you're going to come to having a conversation with me when I'm drunk or high that you're ever going to find because my face feels <laughs> like it's seven inches in front of my skull for some reason. That's um, not good. Nah, I don't know what's going on exactly. I don't have any of the COVID symptoms, so I'm feeling pretty good about that part. I just got sick the other day, um, but I don't, I don't have any symptoms other than my head feels a little dancy and uh, I'm a little achy, but that's about it. So bummer. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry to hear that. Yeah, that's okay. I'll, I'll get through it. I, I usually, the, the thing I usually get sick and I, I usually kick my illnesses in a day and this one's kind that's of quick. Yeah. This one's holding on to me a couple of days. So this must be worse than usual. My immune system is probably what killed Arden's pancreas, honestly. Uh, It's really strong. (laughs) I just don't normally get sick and stay sick. My name's Sean Brown, um, type 1 diabetic, just turned 40, and I honestly didn't have anything prepared. I thought you were just going to ask me questions. I am going to ask you questions. (laughs) I just need you to introduce yourself. That's all. You listen to the show, right, Sean? You know, I I listen to it pretty frequently. Yeah, I and at the it. beginning of every episode, someone's like, "Hey, I'm Sean." Like, blah blah. You knew this was coming, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, I honestly didn't premeditate it very deeply, so I'm kind of I'm good with that. I appreciate that, actually. Yeah, um, yeah. I I figured out. I, I actually at first I had written some stuff down that to kind of think about what I may need to say, and then I thought that's absolutely pointless because I already know how you do the show. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, We're not going to ask a bunch of like scripted out questions. That won't be. Right. Uh, well, listen, you've, you're, you said you're 40 years old and just turned 40. Yeah. Happy birthday. And you've had uh, diabetes for quite some time. How old were you when you were diagnosed? 
So here's the funny thing. Like I don't ever, I always have to kind of quantify it by the grade I was in because I, I never deeply thought about like even the idea of a, what people call a diversary. Yeah. That's absolutely new to me. Like I, I've never even heard of such a thing until I kind of joined the ecosphere of Instagram and such. Yeah. That's a social, that's a social media construct, I think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It must be because I'm like, what is that? And I, and and I honestly was completely foreign to me to celebrate it too. It seems kind of weird, but, um, I guess I get it. But so I was in sixth grade and are just starting sixth grade. So that puts me probably around 12. Okay, cool. Well, I, and I completely, I have to say, I completely understand you thinking about that. We've never had a celebration marking Arden's day that she was diagnosed. I don't know that I could, well, I do know about myself that if I didn't have my blog, I wouldn't know when Arden was diagnosed other than to know that it was after her birthday, which would put it in the later summer. But I do know it was in August. Um, But even as I'm being pressed, I don't know the date. Uh, So, yeah. And, you know, it's up to you, right? Whether you, how you want to deal with it or not deal with it. Or, you know, I I think it's one of those things maybe you see people do that, um, that has a lot of value for them. And if you don't need that, then... Oh would, no, yeah. I didn't. Yeah, and yeah. I didn't mean to like no, downplay no, or didn't. anything like that. Though you didn't. By the way, don't forget, I'm sick, so this is going to go. This could go awkwardly. I don't know. I've I've never <laughs> recorded when I've had a head cold like this before. I, I'm pretty sure I already said it in that foot because I was all <laughs> nervous about how to introduce myself. So. <laughs> I did. I did the hard work for you, man. <laughs> no, no. I, I listen. I, I what I'm saying is I can see either side of it. I can see wanting to mark the occasion. And celebrated it like, you know, look at me. I've gone another year with this thing. And, you know, I, I completely get that. It's just not something that has occurred to, to us to do. And yeah, I, I mean, it just kind of happened. And then uh, it became my life. So I didn't, beyond that, like, right. I, I never, but yeah, I, I vividly remember specifically because, you know, I was not diabetic until sixth grade. So <laughs> maybe the sixth <laughs> grade know? gave you diabetes. <laughs> I think it was. Yeah. Although it was nice getting to go to the nurse office and, and evade class, I used it as a tool. I'm not going to front. <laughs> hey, I'm a little, what would you say you were to get out? I would, I, I feel so bad admitting this. I, I just would, you know, cause it was, it was totally new to me and I knew I could leave the class right. <laughs> if I said I, I didn't feel well. So I, you know, I went to the nurse office, which in retrospect is terrible and and kind of i don't know makes me a crappy person you think so i don't think a 12 year old can be a crappy person for i don't know well I, you know what's what's ironic too is when i think about it the, i would tell the nurse like i feel low and um and she always had these uh donald duck uh juice uh oj's in the fridge yeah and she would have me test my blood and i i know for a fact in re- in retrospect it wasn't always low but she was still giving me the oj <laughs> <laughs> so th- I'm always scratching my head when I think about that one because I'm like she was the she juice gave dealer. The, she gave me the juice even though I didn't need it, which would you know do worse harm in the end. Maybe maybe it's it's um maybe it's more sinister than that. Maybe she just wanted to you know she's like look I need to I need this job so I need to like I, need I think to, she I felt bad these, and she yeah. was trying to be consoling probably yeah. take you know? a juice make you feel better. Well. There's a, you know, there's psychology wrapped around it too. Like she probably was aware I was going through stuff. I was yeah. newly diagnosed. She was hanging with you a little. She bit. probably, 
Yeah, I think she probably was humoring me, to be honest, even though it was a poor choice. <laughs> I'm thinking of, so sixth grade, I, um, my God, it was, that was a long time ago. Sixth grade, I had algebra. Now, if that's pretty common or not, nowadays, I think they teach kids algebra in like preschool, but um, I did not understand algebra. I was not good at it. I couldn't follow it. Mixing letters with numbers was not a good idea for me. And I tried for a while, and I finally came up with it. I was like, I can't do this. Like, I have to drop this class so that I don't fail it. You know, I'll, I'll go back into some general math class. I went up to the teacher, and I don't remember any of my teacher's names, but this man's name was Ted Combs. And I remember going up to him and saying, Mr. Combs, I got to get out of this class. I don't understand algebra. And he laughed. And he said, yeah, I've seen your grades. We know you don't understand it. I was like, ah, okay, see, this guy's on board, you know? And he goes, but it's too late to drop this class. So you're just going to have to try harder. And I was like, I don't think that's going to work. So I tried for a little longer. And one day I just went up to him and I basically just made him a deal. And I said, listen, I will sit in the back of this class. I won't bother you. I won't cause you a problem. I am going to fail this class. I'm not going to hand in homework. I'm not going to do assignments in class. I'm not taking the test. Zeros. Fail. I'll go to summer school. And he said, okay. And that's what the education system used to be like. <laughs> Just say, do you, can you imagine now that happening? No, no, that, that was sixth grade, sixth grade. I was 12. I was, that was, that was very premeditated and forward to tell a teacher. Oh, the only thing stopping me from ruling the world as an evil genius is I have a pretty big heart. Otherwise <laughs> I would just like, it, which reminds me that two years later, my guidance counselor said, Scott, we, uh, we don't talk much. Uh, but you should consider becoming an attorney. And I was like, oh, no, 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 I don't want to do that. And he said, why? I said, well, two reasons. A, I don't want to do the same thing every day for the rest of my life. B, I'd be an attorney. And then I was like, I guess it's three things. And I said, and I think I'd be bad at it. And he's like, no, I think you'd be good at it. And I'm like, no, no, you're misunderstanding me. I was like, I think I'd be bad at it. And like, you know, and, and, and he was like, Oh, I'm like, I, I feel like there's like a sinister part of me that could take over and I could just be, you know, like a bad guy in this story. I was like, I don't want to do that. So, um, I just know that I, I just know that I could be a televangelist if I had the right heart for it is what I'm saying, Sean. <laughs> I definitely <laughs> don't think, go that route. Yeah. I definitely think I could get up on television and be like, just send me some money and everything will be fine. Uh, but, um, it could work. Yeah, yeah. I could see that. I broke free of that when I was younger, but when I was younger, I was broke and I grew up kind of poorly and I knew I was bright and I always was afraid I'd, I'd like, um, it's funny. I never had any thoughts about it, but I was always concerned for it not to happen to me. Um, but anyway, that's a long way to go to say that I think your your nurse, I think you're right. She was probably somewhere between trying to be kind to you and maybe not even understanding the whole thing completely. How long did it take you? Yeah, to I think it? it was a mixture for sure. How long until you understood? Man, I'm embarrassingly still figuring it out. So <laughs> I think that's good to admit, actually. Well, well, how did you manage back then? Because I've, I've, you know, you and I have emailed back and forth for a long time now. I feel like. Yeah, I guess it's ha it's been a while. Yeah. Um, when when I was diagnosed, it was like old school. Uh, I was put on MPH and regular. Mm -hmm. You know, you had the you had the vial. You had to like roll in your hand gently before you drew out into the syringe, and it it was um it was a pretty like set schedule where it was just like here's how much you take. And this is when you eat type of thing. Yeah. And, uh, man, looking back, like I, 
kids these days, I will say, they are so lucky as far as information is concerned, because it's still scarce, ironically, but with the internet and with uh, like communities like on Instagram, where there's like a thriving community, amazingly. Yeah. Um, man, I wish I had something like that when I was younger. That's all I can say, because information is like the vital component to put you on track. Um, and, you know, obviously you can get bad information too, but being able to actually interface with other people that live the same life also mm-hmm. and see how they deal with their problems and what works good, what doesn't work and things like that um, is highly beneficial. And I've never had any of that when I was you know, younger and I'm, I'm an old guy now. <laughs> so, for, so, so for decades you were just, was it really, was it that long? You were just shooting at certain times and eating at certain times and that was it. Well, so I wasn't, I wasn't on MPH and regular for like an eternity. That's what they started me on. But I remember moving into the rapids, like as soon as they became available. Mm-hmm. Um, and so after that, it was pretty much Lantis and Humalog or Lantis and Novolog. And ironically, I'm still on the same type of insulin regimen, um, even though at this point, uh, I'm so done with it, to be honest. <laughs> well, okay. So um, I have here, I just did some quick Googling. And it looks like Humalog came out in 1996. Mm-hmm. So that you, sounds about right. That sounds about right. So that would have made you how old? So 96, I was 16. Okay. So you did the, the first way for about four years. Then into Yeah, the, it wasn't forever. Right. Yeah. And then into the, into the faster acting stuff. But like you're saying, with no real information about how it worked. And it, is it even more, looking back, is it even more confusing to go from the just put it in and make sure you eat at the same time to this new insulin that basically works completely differently? Are you referring to comparing uh, like MPH and regular to Novolog and such? Yeah. Like what was that transition like? It was pretty seamless. I remember just kind of, it was the same type of thing. But the, th- the problem is, is that we, I had always like, I, I was never, on, I never got an endo even. Hmm. I still to this day don't have an endocrinologist. You've never had one? Um, dude, I've been my own endo since day one. It, the day I was diagnosed. Um, you know, I was pretty much like doing it myself, hmm. which is insane. And the more I think about it and it, I did, I did definitely like once I ironically started to learn more from a health scare that kind of put me on a different track uh, about a year ago. And I started really digging in and saying, I, you know, I can't keep doing what I'm doing. I need to, to reexamine what I'm doing. Um, I I got so angry at my past because I realized that this entire time, like I had not been given the proper tools. You know, it's not like I'm a dummy. I'm a pretty smart dude, but uh, I've never been given like the right tools to, to, you know, really succeed properly. So I'm honestly in in so many ways, lucky to be here, (laughs) lucky to, you know, still be healthy as far as I understand, you know? And, um, yeah, I, it, uh, that's one thing I can say is I'm I, I'm thankful that it didn't go a different route so for you, sure. So you basically lived like 20, 25, 27 years with just winging it. 
Yeah, it like the ebb and flow of like I don't feel good. Let me check it. And I, the thing was is I was always like pretty good about checking my blood. Mm-hmm. I've always been like you know if I don't feel right, I'll check. And if and if it's high, I I deal with it. I don't like sit on it and you know watch it go crazy. I, I admittedly during my you know teen through younger college years was a little rambunctious and did not take it as seriously as I should. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted to be in the moment more in certain events or occasions and I would allow it to kind of go high when it shouldn't have. But at most of the time, you know, I had always been pretty good about it. Like my, a- I wish I I could find out what my A1Cs were like when I was super young, because that information's gone now and I can't get a hold of it. But like, the data I do have, uh, I was always in, you know, high sixes to like uh, low or mid fives. And so I was always kind of managing it, obviously. But you like when I think, of, sorry, were you getting low a lot back then? Uh, yeah, okay, yeah, definitely. I had I had a lot of experiences where, you know, I got used to waking up with paramedics around me and it was just like, this is just diabetes. This is, you know. See, what it's like to be diabetic. Sean, that's really interesting. So you had, so somebody told you lower A1C better. So the number was lower. So you felt like you were doing well, which had to have meant that passing out and needing an ambulance was just part of it. Well, I just was never like corrected and I never had, um, I never had proper guidance really Yeah, is the thing. Yeah. And so, uh, it, and Sadly, you know, my, my parents always did everything they, they knew they, they could do too, I think, but we were all uninformed mm-hmm. and, and, you know, like, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but like, I am frustrated that <laughs> I love my folks. They, they love me to death. They're amazing, but I wish they had searched out like, you know, finding an endocrinologist i i think they they understood that we were in good hands and arguably we were to a degree but you know my needs were specific and And in retrospect yeah and expectation no i was just saying if if somebody sets expectations in a certain place and it feels like you're meeting them and your parents might not have any reason to want to look at exactly and that's what i wanted to kind of you know lay out is it's not like they weren't making sure I was, was okay. It's not like they were just like, you know, you didn't not live caring with the dog. about my well-being. Yeah. You weren't yeah. in the dog bed at night, right? They didn't like, like put the no, scraps from no. their plate on the floor and be like, here, Sean, this yep. is for you. Uh, no, no, you were being well cared for by people who were given a, a certain set of, of things to do and they were doing them for you. And that was, yeah, it was pretty much, you know, like I, on one of your old shows, I remember you saying, you know, the, trying to remember what you called it like the kind of don't die toolbox or whatever yeah i tell you doctors that, give advice that, that i consider to be do not die advice it's just enough yeah, to keep you alive that's exactly yeah. what i was given you yeah. know i remember when when um you know i my when i was diagnosed we we basically kept my pediatrician till i think i was like 18 ironically mm-hmm. maybe 16 it's actually common nowadays to keep them longer. If you go, no, into, really? yeah, if you go into college, they'll let he you kicked stay me with out. Them. <laughs> they kicked you out. He's like, Sean, yeah, Sean, I don't let people come in here that can kick my ass. You got to go. <laughs> he was like, dude, you're so old. You got to, you got to go to another doctor, you know? 
that's funny. Uh, but yeah, nowadays, um, like my kid's pediatrician will be happy to keep them until they're done college. Isn't that crazy? Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, I've uh, never heard of such a thing. So, yeah. So you don't have to be looking for a doctor while you're going to college. So through college age. Um, well, that, that's kind of good. I mean, if you can stick with somebody, the longer, the better, I, I figure. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I think so, too. Um, I agree. Well, I, I want to dig a little farther into this. So you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, and you're just in that world. And by the way, you're not the nearly the first or the hundredth person to tell me that I just feel like waking up with a paramedic over top of me is part of having diabetes. Um, and yeah. it, it usually does come from people, I have to say, who have had type one for a couple of decades, usually or longer, like mm-hmm. people who were, who got that, that initial, like, Hey, here's Humalog, you know, it, this is new and exciting. It's so much better than the stuff you've been using. And wow, look right. at your meter. You can carry it with you now and stuff like that. Like in that space and time of diabetes, um, a lot of the people with expectations like that come from that space. I find, um, but it's amazing. Yeah. So what did, what changed for you? Like what happened a year ago? So I was progressively getting like stomach discomfort and it wasn't like, uh, excuse me, I bumped the wire. You're fine. Uh, So, so so I was getting kind of like a cramping, but it wasn't like intense. And then it progressed into almost like it moved into my chest area and Mm -hmm. I was starting to freak out thinking like, am I potentially having a heart attack? And and it kind of, kept getting worse one evening i could not get it to go away with you know taking antacids or pepto or anything like that and i just remember nothing made it better and it was so intense that you know i I nervously submitted myself to the er to go see if i was having a heart attack Mm -hmm. um i wasn't apparently and then i then they thought well maybe it's pancreatitis and it wasn't that um, my my blood work came out okay. They did like a a, a rib scan. Everything looked good. Um, it's really strange. And so I I stayed there till like three a.m. I came home and then I saw my doctor, and he he inferred that it was like uh, severe GERD or something. And so he put me on a, a proton pump inhibitor for a bit. And that actually made me worse. I felt terrible. I, f- I felt terrible on this. And I kept telling him, you know, I think I might not need this. And I don't think it's, I'm reacting properly to it. Mm-hmm. And it, it was really bad. And then eventually, you know, I told him, I think I'm having an allergic reaction to this drug. Cause it's, it, I'm feeling way worse. I was feeling like sick from it. And, and, uh, at first I thought I felt better, but then it, it progressed into an area where that was just, I, I knew something was wrong and it was the drugs. So I told him, well, I'm not taking this anymore. So he, he kind of partially bickered with me on it at first, but then he decided that, you know, patient knows best type of thing. Mm-hmm. And then, and then I quit taking it and I felt immediately better. Well, you didn't have any stomach um, acid to help you with your food. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was intense. And so at that point I kind of just, I had like a wake up call where I'm like, I already was like for a while progressively for about 10 years, cutting things out of my diet that just were junk. Um, you know, I, I grew up on a very standard American diet and, uh, I, 
over the years kept pulling things away and being more meticulous about how I eat, thinking about, you know, eating healthier foods as much as possible, removing processed foods as much as possible. And uh, at a certain point, I just figured I needed to examine my diet even more. I also had been pretty, pretty consistently a drinker for a long time. So I was concerned maybe it had something to do with alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, not like a binge drinker or anything, but like I would definitely have at least a beer a night uh, to take the edge off or whatever. I think in, in retrospect, I realize ironically, I was probably kind of self-medicating with alcohol, not knowing it. Self, just um, self-medicating just dealing, for what? Stress? You know, dealing with the stressors of um, diabetes. I also am, uh, you know, a father to an amazing kid who's nine now, but he, he, he's on the autism spectrum. He also uh, has Tourette's. And it's a full-time job, you know? And so that kind of added to the equation when we had my son. Well, that's not, I have to say, I just want to take a a detour for a second and not too far off, but I see um, online, there are plenty of dads of kids with type one and drinking does seem to be their major way to deal with it. If I'm not, not and it's, it's no good, man. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. <clears throat> so you come home at the end of the night, you're having a beer every day. You're having these pains, stomach, chest, and it just generally makes you feel like I need to do better for myself because especially because they didn't come up with anything. Right. Yeah. The crazy thing is, is they could not find anything and I was quite determined to figure it out. So I had them schedule me for a full abdomen scan. They didn't find anything. Um, the only thing that was left, uh, was like a what when they scope you and I never got the scope done because I changed my diet and I improved dramatically after I changed my diet. Mm-hmm. I I have to tell you that I I've tried very hard over the last couple of years to remove processed foods, certain oils, um, and I. I'm def- sorry, let me. No, no, it's fine. That was hilarious, actually, uh, and I feel much better. Um, Last night, as an example, like everybody wanted something specific and I made it and then I had some and I just didn't. I was like, oh, later I was like, oh, I wish, I'm not going to eat that again. Like I, I shouldn't have eaten that. You know what I mean? Like it just it just wasn't worth it. And when you're younger, man, your body just like your body can eat tin cans when you're younger. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. You get into the habit. That's the problem is you form habits. And yeah, I certainly formed a lot of bad ones when I was younger. Right. Well, so in the in that process, then that taking care of your diabetes just came along with eating better. You just were like, well, let me manage this more specifically as well. Yeah. Well, so what's it's so weird because I'm like a completely different um, diabetic now. I mean, very much the same, but totally different in, in that, um, you know, in the past, I was only testing on a meter. Um, I finally acquired a, a CGM that changed everything for me, yeah. just having that data. And, and then, um, I found out about InPen amazingly through Instagram. It's so ironic how Instagram has informed me. <laughs> it's so, it's so like in retrospect, it's just silly to me because 
I've learned more from the from social media and podcasts such as yours than anything that my doctor could have given me. Uh, Sean, I, you're just old enough to understand when I tell you that um, I, I'm incredibly proud of this podcast. I think it's one of the better things I've done with my life. Um, and yet when I stand in front of someone and they're like, Hey, what do you do? I'm like, well, I have a podcast. It feels stupid when I'm saying it. it and you know, and if I was younger, it wouldn't, if I was 25 or 30 and I was like, Oh, I have a podcast, you know, well, I, that would seem realistic to me, but I am older. And when I say it, I understand anyway, uh, how you feel when you're like, I can't believe that Instagram is where I get good information from. It just seems ridiculous I know. from a it, certain generation. Yeah. yeah. I totally understand. Yeah, yeah. So you've learned about Impen through there. I think, I think I stumbled on someone that was using it and I was like, Oh my God, you can take half units. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, you're pretty far behind, man. <laughs> I know. I'm a dinosaur now. It's so I, I almost didn't want to do the podcast because I was like, I'm going to embarrass myself so bad. And I'm just going to sound so uneducated. <laughs> no, no, no. I, listen, I think that what you're doing is valuable because I believe that the other side of Instagram is that you usually only see from people who are doing really well. And I think more people lived the way you did than you think. And they just, yeah, no, they I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. They don't speak up as often. So I'm glad for you to do this. Um, okay. Yeah. So, 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 okay. So you had diabetes for 27 years and you're like, wow, half units game changer. Uh, it really was. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. So, but the thing is, is um, if I, I could jump around a lot here, but I, I'm absolutely still totally sick of not having enough precision. And I never really even had, um, you know, pump therapy pushed on me so much as just mentioned by my doctor, like, Hey, you know, you could get a pump. Right. And that was about it. Like I was never informed on like, um, here's why you should get a pump. This right. is what a pump can do. Uh, when you have pumps, this is what you can benefit from, you know? Gvoke Hypopen has no visible needle and is the first pre-mixed auto-injector of glucagon for very low blood sugar in adults and kids with diabetes, ages 2 and above. Not only is Gvoke Hypopen simple to administer, but it's simple to learn more about. All you have to do is go to gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juice box. Gvoke shouldn't be used in patients with insulinoma or pheochromocytoma. Visit gvokeglucagon.com slash risk. Stop right now and think. Ask yourself this question. Is the blood glucose meter I'm using or using on my child, is it the best one I could have? If you don't know the answer to that question, I'd like it if you could go to contournext.com forward slash juice box to check out the Contour Next One blood glucose meter. This meter is ultra, ultra accurate. It is super simple to use fits very well in your hand or your pocket or your purse or your bag or wherever you need it to go. It has second chance test strips, right? Meaning you can hit the blood, not get enough or mess up a little bit, you know, and go back and get more without wasting the test strip or ruining your accuracy. Now, I'm not saying that it needs a lot of blood because it doesn't, 
I'm just saying if you shouldn't quite get enough the first time, you know, like sometimes you're like squeezing and it won't come out. That's when that uh, that's uh, really helpful. Anyway, that wasn't a very clean explanation, but you get what I'm saying. You can go back and get more blood without ruining your test strip or your accuracy. Accuracy. Oh, what letter was I leaving out there? <clears throat> accuracy. Accuracy. Accurate. Ooh, hello. Contournext.com forward slash juice box. Head over and check it out. It's a terrific website. It's well designed. It'll be easy to get around and use. And you'll be able to learn all about the Contour Next One blood glucose meter. You may actually be eligible for a free meter. You'll have to see. Also, uh, there's some test strip savings programs you can look into. Uh, what else? Oh, supplies might actually be cheaper in cash than they are through your insurance company. That'd be crazy, wouldn't it? There's only one way to find out. Contournext.com forward slash juice box. Let's get back to Sean. When I was younger and, and it was kind of like, you know, the only thing I was told was don't mess up or you'll have problems, um, you know. And I was just fearful of screwing up all the time. I just tried really hard to not screw up as much as possible. But I also didn't know, like, you know, I honestly, in retrospect, may have gone on a pump, like, much younger. Had if someone just... I was really aware of the benefit and I could see, like, how much I could improve control with one. If only you know? someone would have invented podcasts 25 years ago, you would have been saved. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it, you just said that you were told to just not mess up or else. Were they specific with you? Or did you get the like, you want your legs to fall off and your eyes to pop out? Was it Yeah, that, that, that type of thing. That was yeah. really it, so, huh? Yeah. So first, my pediatrician was kind of on the same, the same thing. And then, you know, when I graduated out of him and went to a new doctor who was recommended to me, who was, I was told was a, a specialist in diabetes, but not technically an endocrinologist. We, we only have like one endo in town, ironically. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't know that at the time, but uh, I, my parents were referred to him, you know, and we just went to him because he was highly recommended. And he's a great guy. I'm not going to, you know, I don't want to throw him under the bus or anything. He's a really nice guy. And he's always helped me out with, um, financial issues that I've had along the way too. Right. Uh, he's always been like caring about, you know, making things affordable and I've always appreciated that. And he's always been, you know, available via email if I need him or something like that. And he gets back quick. So I can't complain, you know, but at the same time, it's, it's not like I was getting, um, guidance a whole lot either, mm-hmm. you know, he, he definitely made sure you had the insulin and the syringes he just didn't that's about it, tell you how to use it i mean i don't i don't i hate if he ever listens to this i'm sorry i'm not trying to say you're a bad dude <laughs> you think is he still practicing yeah i still see him uh, a lot of yeah, doctors so still I was, listen to this. you know i don't want to <laughs> have bad blood with my doctor even though <laughs> can you imagine if you walked in as an adult and he looked at me he was like Oh, Cindy, so you're here for prescriptions from me. Yeah, huh? I suppose I it, overthink stuff a little too much. It, it'll to be, be fine. Well, listen, I'm not going to lie to you. A lot of doctors do listen to this podcast, but I was just interviewing someone yesterday who said um, they were in the office and doing much better, you know, than they had been doing. And the doctor looks at her and goes, "Are you being bold with insulin?" And she goes, do you listen to? And the guy goes, I do. <laughs> so like, that's pretty cool. It, it does happen. Um, yeah. I have to say too, and I'm going to 
uh, I'll say it here and I'll say it in a couple of other places. If you are one of those doctors and you're listening who recommends the podcast, if you would come on the show anonymously, I'd love to interview you. Um, so that re- would be, reach out. they should do that. Yeah. I really, I would be impressed if someone stepped up to the plate and did that. Yeah. You don't have to say your name or anything, where you're from or anything like that, but I would love to, I would love to pick the brain of a person who is in that position and has said to another person, Hey, there's a podcast I think you should listen to. I think that's uh, kind of fascinating to me, actually. That'd be brilliant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, you'll be all right. Listen, and here's a disclaimer for your guy. You're off the hook, man. Sean thinks you're cool. Let it go. <laughs> We're just trying to get out what happens when you're diagnosed a long time ago. And for reasons that, you know, I think we've picked apart now a little bit, your parents didn't look much farther into it a little that you just didn't know. And then, you know, you have a kid Mm -hmm. who's, you know, you got a lot of responsibilities with your family. And, uh, I mean, luckily I guess your stomach started hurting. Seriously. Yeah. You know, it's so ironic because I tell people now like that. I'm so glad it happened to me because it really changed my life for the better. Like, you know, I'm I'm still trying to get to where I want to be at, but man, it put me on the right track for sure. Hmm. And I, the irony though, the irony about that is I've always very, very, very strongly not wanted to be that guy. I've always not wanted to be that guy that waits for, you know, shit to hit the, you know, yeah, you know what I mean? Until the fans um, dirty to do something about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, you know, I've, I've seen that happen to too many people and, you know, I, I've always been adamant about not being one of those people. Mm-hmm. which is ironically, I guess why I, I don't, I'm not blind yet or something, but uh, you know, at the same time, I, I'm not going to pat myself on the back and say I'm like, an well, I'm diabetic it's either. A, no, it sounds to me like you were playing in the side of the pool that was more aggressive with the insulin. So while you, your issues were wrapped around lows, which might've helped you a little bit, stay away from the higher ones. Although you don't know, you didn't have a CGM. You could have been 400 and then 50, right? You have no idea. You know, that's another thing I think about all the time. Um, and I'm actually very, uh, like hypo unaware. And so I probably because of going hypo so much. Yeah. And the balance. I mean, here's a funny thing, like just as a side tangent, just to, to inform you on like how uninformed, like I was for very long. Uh, like when, I would give myself insulin. I would just say I took insulin. I didn't even know the word bolus. Yeah, that's not uncommon though, Sean. Man, like stuff like that. I had to. I, I had to like cram for a test for like a year straight, pretty much. Is how I felt learning diabetes <laughs> since last October. Yeah, it's been interesting. Um, yeah, because I like I'd be like, hmm, basal profile. I, mean, I gotta search that now too. Like, <laughs> you know. Do you find the defining diabetes episodes helpful? Yeah, I do. Okay. Um, ironic stuff like uh, pre-bolusing. It's not like I was unaware of what pre-bolusing was, but it, it helped put the idea of it um, a lot more front and center yeah. in, in a way that was way more expansive than I ever thought about it. Cause I was always just told, you know, wait 15 minutes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, right. You know, and, and that it doesn't work that way, especially no. depending on um, activity level. Uh, and I've learned all this, like, in a very short span of time, ironically. Um, you know, how much hydration you have, uh, what, uh, how sensitive you are at the moment. Like, all these things change, and I would have never known, you know, in the past. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I I don't get deep into a lot of things. 
then and you know i'm i'm a basically a person who enjoys like living like i i like being around people i care about i like having a little bit of entertainment i like being rested i like you know like watch my kids do things like i'm not a person who picks something and like dig super deeply into it all the time i mm. i I, yeah. I have the interest i never have the motivation but it wasn't hard to want to pick into the diabetes once i noticed it but even in the beginning for me the first couple of years i was just you like you know you you 18 months ago was me when arden first had diabetes i was just like i don't know what any of this means i don't know why this is happening the guy said 15 minutes the lady said half an hour you know like i was doing everything like that yeah and it wasn't until one day where i just i don't know i just started picking through it and i found one little like it feels like if diabetes to me feels like i'm picking paint off a wall like I just, I saw a little chip and I pulled it off. I was like, oh, I wonder what else is under there. And I just kind of kept pulling and pulling until I stood back and it, you know, looked like that wall from Memento. And I was like, oh, I understand all this. And <laughs> and I know why this is important. Like, and I, and and maybe one part of my personality that helped was I don't like platitudes. They make me upset. Like, so saying something just to say it, it bothers me outside of diabetes as well. And so that statement, oh, that's just diabetes, which you said here earlier, which was part of your life and was an answer that I would get back all the time or find online, by the way, because as valuable as online is right now, up until a handful of years ago, nobody was really being that helpful. It was always very right. like aspirational stuff, which I, I, I'm not... I'm not shitting on, I think is really valuable, but I mean, it never went farther than that. Nobody was ever like, hey... You know, here here's a pre-bolus broken down into why and how. I no one was telling you that, except in maybe a couple of books. Like I might have to give you'd have to give John Walsh credit for pumping insulin, that book, like where he broke things down there. I've never read it, but I hear from everybody how amazing it is. Uh, and okay. he's and he's been around for a while. Uh oh, certainly a long while. Uh, I think he wrote that book with his wife. God, I think she's his wife. Anyway, maybe not. Hey, John, come on the show. That'd be nice. I'll, I'll ask you about it. But um, but that digging through it, once I had dug through it and it made sense to me, then it felt really wrong not to tell somebody. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I thought, like, well, now I know somebody else needs to know, too. I'll just start. Right. Tell, I'll start telling people Um, that that really. To me is how. You know, I'm not taking credit for the entirety of the space. I'm certainly not saying that, but people doing that is how you ended up moving forward. You know what I mean? And had no one ever done that, you probably would have just ridden this, you know, this dumpster fire out to the end and been like, "Hey!" And I would argue, no. Know, oh, but really? I, Tell I, me why. I don't. I don't. I don't think I would have. I, I still don't think I would have gotten. See, I'm like a. I'm the type of person where I. I will read a book. If I have, if it's really going to have some nuggets of info, information that'll help me out, I really just want to get right to the meat and potatoes of what's going to help me get on track fast. And okay. then I can dig into the, the, you know, details later. And that's what your podcast offers. In my opinion, oh. it's, oh. it's like, it's like, well, I don't, I don't, I hope I'm not, you know, glossing over all the other great things that it, it does offer. But, but for me, in my experience, um, it, it kind of just narrowed it like you know gave I put a bullseye on what i needed to hear right when i needed to hear it instead of having to weed through a ton of other nonsense 
I'm glad. And you also said yeah. the most masculine thing I've ever heard in my life, which is I'll read a book if I have to. I, was like, <laughs> I, was like, I do read. <laughs> I actually enjoy reading. That's the thing a guy would say, it. by I'm the not... way. <laughs> I don't mean it like that. No, I know you didn't. It's funny. <laughs> no, but I hear what you're saying. Like, like I want, like I'm ready to hear it. Give it to me. Don't. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. you know, I, I find a lot of authors like to really kind of, it's almost like they, they need to fill the pages or something. So people ask me to write a book about diabetes. It happens every once in a while. I'll get publishers will come and say, hey, could you turn your podcast into a book or would you do this? And I'm always like, I don't know, man, like diabetes keeps changing, you know, make a book and then amend it and amend it and amend it. And then people have to read it. And what if they read one page and not the other page? Yeah. Like, I don't know. You would almost have to only live in the digital realm where yeah. you could just have it on an online space where it could constantly change and it would still be a and, never any battle and not for nothing, but don't people read books a lot on tape. And so isn't that what this is? And then why do I need to be published about it? Like, it just seems, I mean, also I've been published before, I guess. So the excitement of that isn't, I, I know what that is. You know what I mean? Like it, what it is really nice, but I don't need to do it again. Um, kind of a feeling. But at the same time, mm -hmm. I, I going back to what you said, I agree with you. Less is more, and often it is, and yeah. be direct, right? So tell them what they need to know. Don't like you're right. A book a lot of times is a lot of filler, and I mean, I I could I could write an amazing book about managing your diabetes right now. It'd probably be about like thirty five pages long. Like is you know, that's a pamphlet, sure. not a book. Yeah, you know, so. And, and I don't, and the other thing too, Sean, no lie is I just had this conversation with somebody on over the weekend. I, I don't like the idea of you or anyone else listening, having to pay for this. Like, I don't like that. So I don't think you should have to pay somebody, uh, 1995 to know how to pre-bolus. I don't feel like I should like I, I am not a person who would put up a program online and be like for just sixty dollars a month you can understand what I know about that like that stuff I don't like that at all I, I I'm trying not to be harsh about it because I know people who do this as a business model and I don't mm -hmm. think that all of them are, are I don't think they're bad people but it rubs me the wrong way like, like oh I could I could understand why I mean yeah. you're connected to it in such an intimate way too you know being that your daughter's diabetic I mean. You're giving something back to the community that's, you know, it's such a it's such a a, a very strong feeling for me that that it, that money should not be the 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 access point to you understanding how protein affects your blood sugar, you, you know, right. and so that's why I'm like, well, there are some people running around and like shit on people for like you take ads. I'm like, take ads. I'm actively looking for ads. I'm like, I I want the podcast to get made. So that someone can find it. Like, Sean, you found it a year ago and it's done mm -hmm. for you what it's done, which is great. But the podcast has been alive for five years prior to that, too. It helped other people who are long gone now. And and I need to keep making the podcast so the next you finds the podcast, has these experiences and moves on to a healthier situation. And I just, I don't know, I'm an American, Sean. Like, I, <laughs> I, this is how things work. I build something popular. You buy an ad on it. I use your money to get my thing to people. Like that's basically what I do. I take advertisers money to make a podcast and you use that podcast for what you use it for. Hopefully it works for you. If it does, you tell somebody else about it. That keeps the podcast 
moving forward. It's very transparent, and I make some money so that I can spend the time doing this. Like, you and I are talking right now. I feel like I'm going to die, just so you know. Like, like I really don't oh. feel good. <laughs> and, 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 but, but this is my job now, so I do this today. And I will edit a show later today so that you have a podcast to listen to on Monday. And like, you know, like, and that takes money because if I, if I didn't have money from the advertisers, I, you know, I'm still, I'm a stay at home dad. Yes. But I still have to make some money. I'd have to go get a job at the very least. I can't sit up here at this desk for five or six hours every day, which at this point is about what the podcast takes to run. And then what go down to my wife and say, Oh, don't worry. I'm helping people. You, you know, like it just, I don't know what people think, but that's not how the world works. So, um, you know, but, and, and I don't want to take money from listeners. I trust me. There are people who come along all the time and they're like, Hey, how many downloads do you have? And I tell them and they're like, why don't you charge 89 cents for a download? You'd be wealthy. And I'm like, mm, seems wrong. Really does. Like seems wrong to me. So, um, you'll know if that ever happens that all the all the advertisers are gone. <laughs> if all of a sudden you're like, I don't know, back in 2021, he said he didn't want to do this, but now suddenly the podcast costs money. You'll know that I couldn't get an advertiser after that. And by the way, if I can't get an advertiser, it means no one's listening to the show, so you should probably move on anyway. Um, <laughs> seriously, you know, like think about it. It's just common sense, right? Um, I really am a little woozy, Sean. My head's dancing around a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> hang in there hang in there scott hang in there. hang in there don't worry i have uh clear instructions for people uh for how to release all of the recorded episodes if i should die prematurely so <laughs> this could be the end of it right here like and sean was the last one to ever talk to him he said he doesn't read and he's <laughs> he just learned about diabetes after having it for 30 <laughs> for 30 years Ouch. <laughs> can you imagine if you were the last one you'd be like come on can just one more come out after this please <laughs> But oh, dude, terrible summary of who uh, Sean is. Yeah, no, you're not. Obviously, you're not. You know, I'd like to really, in this last kind of quarter of the show, like really summarize who you are. You're a person who a year ago figured out a ton of new stuff, and I want to hear about your life now. Yeah, okay. Well, um, now I, I, I eat completely different, and uh, I approach food differently. Um, also... I, I also work out every day now, which is um, completely new to me. Mm-hmm. I, you know, in the past, um, you know, it's, it was never a part of the culture of my house, even like, you know, getting exercise in that type of way. We play ball. We play, I, I played baseball. I played on soccer teams. Um, I skateboarded growing up like intensively right? a lot. And after that, you know, I just kind of, stop doing active stuff but i never there was never like this idea of like you know do this to take care of your diabetes also but also do this because it'll just you know keep your body in tune Mm -hmm. it just wasn't a thing that my family did and i that's another area where i wish it was part of my uh, routine early on because it would have i think just that even alone would have set me up for a lot more success i'm gonna find out more about that so how did you change your eating first so I had already been like toying with the idea of, you know, cutting meat out of my diet for a while because I would always notice I just didn't feel very awesome when I would eat it and I enjoyed it, 
I didn't, it's not like I didn't like eating it, but I, I always found like, it just, I would kind of feel sluggish. I would feel, um, gross afterwards. And it wasn't like a blood sugar thing. That was the concern so much. It was more just like, I didn't enjoy how I felt eating okay. it, Yeah, you know? And so I, it kind of gr- weirdly graduated me to, um, going completely vegan weirdly um i just i was like well here's another thing i don't really want to have in my diet anymore let me see if i pull this out if this will help and and then i kind of was like well i'm already pulling this out let me see and you go down a rabbit hole real real easy once you start kind of just researching you know different new ways to proceed with you know diet and i stumbled upon the mastering diabetes guys by complete happenstance it wasn't i i the name of their their organization or if the i don't know if they are organization but um it's a team of two guys who who are like real hardcore about you know teaching about what causes insulin resistance and uh informing you on how to how to reduce your insulin resistance via diet and exercise essentially Mm -hmm. but i didn't mean to to go to them for diet advice or diabetes advice i was actually googling online um how to figure out my insulin to carb ratio and it came up so i was like oh i'll check this out too you know because for me like it's even the idea of the the math of doing like insulin dosing Mm -hmm. was never something i really did until recently and so I, and I, I had periodically asked my doctor over the years, like, well, like, how do I figure this out? And he'd just be like, you know, that's something you just get, it changes. Like he would always kind of give me a wishy-washy answer. And then I think he honestly didn't know what to tell me. Yeah. And, and, and so he would, he would, at the time we did have one endo in his practice, but I didn't see any purpose of going to one. Cause I was always told I was on the right track and my A1C was in range and doing good you know so i just thought like what's the purpose of seeing an endo Mm -hmm. um at that point and so but i also needed advice on like how did i figure these things out and like have like a starting point and so i would periodically google these things over the years not not just up until a year ago and i would always feel kind of dumbfounded because i wouldn't just find like exactly what i was looking for so i would just keep doing what i was doing which was go by the ebb and flow of how my blood sugars were and just, you know, correct as needed. Yeah. And, um, I finally found like one website that actually really did summarize how to get your insulin to carb ratio and your ISF. And, um, I mean, I'm assuming it's accurate because I've been using this information <laughs> for a like, year. I was like, now come and to think of it. I just did find it on the internet. I'm not, <laughs> it was a, uh, what is it? Uh, should I not name a website on your show? It doesn't matter to me. Unless uh, okay. I hate the person. Yeah, it was, um, it, I'm trying to remember. It was like, uh, you know what? I don't remember anymore. Seriously? It, it's a popular, it's, it's just something, it's like diabetesinfo.net or something like that. I can, honestly can't remember yeah, what right. it was yeah. now. You just but anyhow. You probably just sent everybody to a porn site. So okay, Yeah, sorry guys. They- <laughs> Uh, so anyhow what i did was i i started you know doing the math with that the best i could and i and it started kind of like getting me at least started with like having a a truer idea of 
you know, how I was really dosing. Mm -hmm. And, and, um, eventually I even like found a a really cool app that lets you take a, a Excel spreadsheet that, that you can like, you know, put, um, math into, and then you can make the Excel into an app. And so I have a little app on my phone that I built essentially that uses that math that I call ratios. I just, it's like right next to my in app and, and I'll adjust it on the fly. Like I'll, I'll assess my seven day, uh, report in in and I'll go off of that and I'll kind of keep changing my baseline, um, insulin to carbon ISF from that. And then I'm still too much of a dummy to like, know how to like mathematically quantify <laughs> Yeah. what, what my daytime and nighttime IC and ISF are, but I know just from the feel of how things go, like in the morning, I usually need a half to a unit more on top of recommendation. And at lunch, I'm about recommendation. And at dinner, I'm like a half unit to a unit less than recommendation often. It's interesting. What, whatever that quantifies to. But yeah. so like in, in, in this little, you know, app thing that I made, um, based on the the information I found on that website, I, I set one field to my weight, another field to my bolus, my total bolus amount, another field to my total ba- basal amount, and that gives me my you know total daily dose. And then after that, it spits out the insulin to carb ratio. But you know, it's like their formula was like two point six, you know, times your weight divided by your your total daily dose type of thing and that's that's what i'm going off of so hopefully that's correct (laughs) if it's working for you it's great Uh, yeah it's been working but i still feel like it always needs a little fine tuning like i I feel like so then there's the isf and i kind of built this into the app too where i you i kind of play with the rule the the standard rule was always like 1800 but then i learned on that same website that i guess if you're if you're a real 50 50 split this is my understanding anyways like if you're if your your basil is about 50 your bolus is about 50 then you you kind of apparently and please don't quote me on this because i could be absolutely wrong but that's more when you use 1800 um but if your basil is less and your bolus is a little more you kind of play with the rule and move it down to like you know 1750 or 1700 so i because of my ratio, <coughs> excuse me, I have mine at like 1700 and then that kind of, you know, helps me calculate out my ISF. So I think Jenny just explained the 1800 rule on the podcast the other day. It's interesting that you're bringing it up right now, um, about how endos find those, um, your insulin sensitivity factor. But by the way, just so people know, uh, whatever, I just checked the, the URL you said, and it is not where you. Yeah, yeah, you know what? Yeah. Here, don't let me go figure it don't out. Don't go. I got that my. That's that's all. Um, but uh, I know that I know that was wrong. It's diabetes net. Let me see. Diabetesnet.com. Sorry gotcha. about that. Okay. So, um, yeah, the other one is just like a a link farm. Sorry. No, no, it's okay. <laughs> it's just it's it's one of those somebody grabbed it because they thought it was a good uh URL that people might type in. It's funny. So I, I, I've never sorry, heard of I got the on one a tangent there, man. No, you're good. I I appreciate you talking about. It. I. It's funny. I've never seen this website before in my life. I only found it because I, it was like the only place that, that really dug into um, insulin action times and also uh, what else? 
just like, you know, figuring out your insulin to carb and all that, like in a, in an understandable way that, you know, my simple brain can figure out. I'm glad you found something. Uh, give me that. I seriously, I've never seen this website in my life. That's interesting. Um, yeah, look, it almost looks fake. <laughs> You're not exactly selling it, Sean, just so you know. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, <laughs> oh, it cracked me up for a second. Um, so that's really a dump on those guys' websites. Yeah, no, no, Sorry, just, diabetes. I, 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 yeah. You guys actually helped me out. Yeah. Just wanted to let you know. For your trouble, I wanted to let you know that your site looks fake. Uh, <laughs> uh. <laughs> no, um, I think that's cool that you figured stuff out like that, that you were just like, I need to know how to do this. No one's telling me. But Sean, at this point, like, how come you haven't just found a, an endo that you really like? You just don't think it's necessary? So I never was really, I was always reassured I was doing a good job. And I was always But do you told, think you like, were? Sorry? Do you think you were? Or do you think somebody was just telling you that who didn't know what they were talking about? Well, naively at the time, I really did think I was doing well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I guess I, I knew like, you know, I, I definitely knew for, for, for sure, you know, I need to cut back on my drinking at the time. I always knew that was like a, a big no, no, but like, you know, and I, I knew I needed to lose some weight at the time. I was pretty, I was getting heavier mm-hmm. and I knew I needed to, to get more a- activity, but beyond stuff like that, you know, I just thought like, well, every time I would always be super nervous to get my labs and then my labs would come back and I wouldn't have red flags. Everything looked good. You know, eventually like I began to have really high cholesterol. And that was one of the, that was another one of the main reasons I changed my diet, I, which I totally forgot to mention was for about maybe five years straight, I, I had really bad cholesterol okay. and I completely annihilated that going whole food plant based. I have to ask you a question. It's going to sound like I'm joking, but I'm not. You you wake up. There's three paramedics standing over top of you. You think, oh, this is okay. Doctor said I'm doing good. No, no, no. Absolutely not. (laughs) I never thought it was okay. All right. You know, it always just made me feel like, well, you know, I really, I really messed up. And uh, I see. Okay. Let let me try not to repeat what got me there the last time. So so it felt like a fumble. Like I'm, I'm playing a great game. I just dropped the ball for a second. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, and it, it, I guess you could say it, got, it just got normalized because it, it happened throughout my life. Not like a ton, but enough to, to the point where it was just part of my life. You mm-hmm. know, like I remember in high school, um, which was probably the first time it happened. I passed out on the quad, like on my way from one class to another, I had just gotten low Yeah. And I, and I didn't realize it and I passed out. I, I woke up with paramedics. Mm-hmm. I was told I even seized. I used to do my whole goal was to, uh, wait, what did Siri think I just said? Uh, my whole goal used to be just that Arden was never the kid who passed out at school. That, that was like the first way I used to think of it. Um, but then that led me to, you know, have her blood sugar higher than I wanted it to be. <clears throat> And, uh, and then soon my goal morphed into how can I keep her blood sugar down, but stable in a way where it won't just randomly drop anywhere. And then, you know, you just kept picking through things and picking through things. And until the, the insulin made more and more sense to me about how to use it, where to put it, where to take it away, you know, when to be mm-hmm. more aggressive and less aggressive and all that stuff. Uh, but yeah, it all started with that. Like, Oh God, I, I just don't want Arden to like, I don't want the story to be that girl passed out at school. 
you know, it was like my first thought when she was little. You testing your blood sugar now? I'm actually giving a bolus because I I blew it when I I, I kind of heavy handed my breakfast and I ended up kind of going low right before the the uh, the podcast and I was like, well, I don't want to go. I'm going to go low during the podcast. I'm, I do right? find myself wondering how often people are like, I really have to do a good job with my blood sugar while I'm on uh, yeah, the show. <laughs> I don't know. I did feel a little pressured. I, I actually kind of blew it. So I ate a whole persimmon, which persimmons are kind of, that's like 20 grams. And then you went up. Yeah, just yeah. a little too much. So I did an interesting interview with an older person the other day um, who has gastroparesis on top of, you know, other stuff. And she got low during the show. And we kept going. It was really interesting. Like she treated it low. It didn't come up. She treated it again. Her diabetes alert dog started bothering her. It was really, um, I'm like, we can stop. And she's like, no, no, it's okay. She's like, keep yeah. going. And I was like, okay. So we kept going and uh, it was, it was interesting. It really, it really was. I felt like I was watching it happen to my daughter, but through headphones, kind of a, kind of a thing. It was, uh, I often wonder if that's something that, that it may be linked to, the stomach issues that I was having because I didn't know about that either. And I hadn't just learned about that recently, the gastroparesis. Well, I think if, I mean the, the, the very basic, I'm obviously not a doctor, but if your food is digesting the way you expect it to, you're not having any other neuropathy issues or nerve issues. So that was another reason that I, I, I definitely was like, I need to get my act together was I was you know, I, when I didn't go to sleep, I started getting to the point where I, I was worried I was beginning to experience neuropathy. And I would, I would tell my doc, like, hey, is this neuropathy? I think I might have it, you know. Hmm. Maybe, and he would kind of quiz me on it and then tell me, no, 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 that's not really neuropathy. So I don't know <laughs> if he's just. Dude, where are you going? Honestly, man. Where, what public state do you live in? You're in California, aren't you? Yeah, I'm in uh, California. <sighs> that seems like a place where they have doctors. Yeah, we got them. <laughs> they exist. Let me just give you the neuropathy quiz real quick. Batman or Superman, Sean? <laughs> Batman. Bubble gum. Oh, yeah, you're fine. Don't worry about it. Let's get out of here, you crazy kid. Uh, how many times did the ambulance come this year? Twice? Doing great, buddy. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, I don't know. I Honestly, I debate if I do. I, I, I If I do, it's extremely minor. Um, but, like... To give you an example, uh, I hate the weight of the sheets on my toes. If 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 my toes are um, like being pulled down by the sh- by the like the weight of the comforter too much, mm-hmm. um, but I don't know if that really like qualifies as neuropathy. To be honest, have you had that your whole life or just more recently? More into like my into my thirties. Huh. Yeah, and and so I always like that was what started me being all paranoid about it. Do you have any other tactile issues, the things you don't like touching you or sounds or tastes like things, textures in your mouth, anything weird like that? Taste? Really? Just like stuff that throws your way off or you don't like the feeling of something in your mouth or you can't touch. No, not like that. No, no, no. no. Okay. But like I, I, like if I get a high blood sugar and I think this is more a symptom of of hyperglycemia, Mm -hmm. but like I will experience um, like in my sinuses, my sinuses will feel like dry and almost like I'm smelling metal sometimes. Hmm. 
and and that drives me nuts. Like, metal. like I I will almost think like that's odd, you know, just because my sinuses always seem a little off. Are your is your blood sugar a certain way when you smell metal high? It's, it could be like so for me like I, I here's a here's a tidbit like just went no it's not like that high okay. but like if it's just maybe going up but like if if i'm even like above 130 these days i hate it like i i can't stand it like i i have to make sure that like it's one of the things that i i think in general always kind of kept me taking care of myself mm-hmm. pretty well is that i i absolutely despise the way it feels like to be uh, terribly out of range anyways, even though I, I admittedly I was worse about it when I was younger. Well, I think that's, listen, I, I, I'm sorry if you don't feel well, but I think it's great that you've, because that, what that tells me is that you've gotten your blood sugar so stable and, and in a good range that you, you can tell now when, when things aren't the way they're supposed to be. I yeah, I would, I would definitely say that time and range was completely foreign to me. When, you know, not very long ago, mm-hmm. I mean, I knew what time and range was, but I never understood the emphasis of it. I never understood like how vital that is compared to other things, ironically, yeah. because like now, you know, I can probably say like, you know, my standard deviation, which I also had no idea what, what, what that was, um, you know, ranges anywhere from like 20 to, you know, 28 often on an average basis, as long as I have my basal locked down, um, which I'm really proud of because I can only imagine it must've been complete garbage in the past, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude, I can't imagine either. Cause you said you lost your data, but I had, I was thinking that the way you were going, especially from such a young age on your own, like your, your A1Cs must've been pretty bonkers at some points. I would think. Yeah. And I mean, we ate like typical, you know, regular stuff, you know, go to pizza, you know, <laughs> I'd have like three slices type of thing. <laughs> so, you know? yeah, and to think about that now, like if you had three slices of pizza now, how much insulin would that take? Well, so here's the weird thing is since going vegan, my insulin needs dramatically dropped like okay. so, so much. And also what I've learned is removing or reducing fats as much as possible dramatically improves my sensitivity, like yeah. beyond measure to the point where I, I will have problems with hypos quite frequently if I get a lot of activity plus I've ate I've eaten very lean that day yeah right well keeping the fat out of your diet helps the food to digest more quickly and get through you and and not be yeah and it it builds insulin resistance which I never understood until now you know so the fat yeah the fat in your diet builds insulin resistance I would think of it as the fat in your diet is slowing digestion down which keeps the food in your system longer impacting your blood sugar I don't know that I call that a resistance to insulin. It's a, it seems like a need for insulin to me, but it might just be semantics. I'm not sure exactly how you're thinking. No, well, that that's correct. And yeah. like the immediate, I think, but when, when you're say consuming ample amounts of like, you know, animal protein that also is bundled with cholesterol and, um, you know, saturated fats even, or you're also eating processed foods that have saturated fats or dairy products that have a ton which dairy typically has a lot of saturated fat um and you're eating that consistently in the immediate yes it's like slowing your digestion and 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 changing your insulin needs and kind of stretching them out in awkward more dynamic ways but um i'm sorry go ahead i didn't mean to cut you off no what were you gonna ask i was just gonna say it's um 
really kind of fascinating because I've been talking to people about how they eat more recently. <clears throat> Excuse me. And that same argument made by, I hear made by a vegan or by somebody eating carnivore, they're making the same the same claim about eating a certain way. And each, I know, I've heard this. And each yeah. person's argument is um, poo-pooed by the other side. It's very interesting. Like this, You know, I'm not trying to... Like, oh, no, 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 like, don't honestly, do... No, like, I understand. Go on, sorry. Oh, I, I just... I, I, weren't, I wasn't saying you were starting some, like, turf war about eating. I just... I'm, I'm like, I'm just kind of... It's fascinating that it can work really well for one person, um, like, eating the way you're eating, obviously, is doing a great thing for you, and, and, you, and it's yeah. really fantastic. And then I've had people on here who are like, I just eat meat, and they have the exact same outcomes... I just I always wonder why I always wonder why they have opinions about the op- the opposite way of eating. That's the part I'm always confused about. I'm like, why does it matter to you if this is working for you and that's working for them? Yeah. Who cares? You know, but I don't personally. Yeah, yeah. I, I I care more about just, you know, my I mean, people can eat however they want to eat. Yeah. But uh when 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 it comes to how I consume food, um, with in anything really, I, I want to know, you know, is, is it back? Is there science backing these days? Anyways, uh, when I approach eating food, I, I want to know, is, is there like, you know, sound science backing the way that I'm choosing to eat? And does it make sense at all? Yeah. Aside from um, pleasure, you know, like, does it make sense that I'm cutting this out of my diet no, know, I, or, I, or, put, or putting this back in? Um, and there's a lot of uh, like evidence supporting, at least to my understanding, you know, removing animal products and dairy because of, you know, how they, cause like one of the number one things that diabetics die from is, you know, heart attack or, um, basically, uh, cardiovascular related issues. Yeah. Right. And that's like, it's one of the number one things. And when you, you know, consume a lot of, uh, high saturated fat foods, and you're contributing to that essentially. So I have, I have two separate thoughts here. I'm going to lose one of them if I don't get it out of my head. I think I am really woozy. Um, shit, what was the first thing I was going to say? Damn it, damn it, damn it, damn it, damn it, damn it. Oh, I loved what you said earlier about uh, this, the way I'm eating now fits me. Like in, in the end, like that's my opinion of eating. Like you, everyone's body is going to be different to some degree. Yeah, but totally. You, you got to eat something that works for you. You know, like that, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think it would matter what it is. It, it needs to work for you on all levels. And the other thing I wanted to say is while I'm not making the point that being unhealthy is good for your heart, I am saying that a lot of people with diabetes die from cardiovascular issues because their uncontrolled blood sugars cause rips and tears in arteries that then repair themselves and eventually clog arteries and stop blood flow and give them a heart Mm -hmm. attack. So not that, not that having a healthy heart otherwise isn't really important, but I don't, but I don't want to leave anybody with the idea that if you just eat a bunch of stuff that's bad for your heart, that you're automatically going to have a heart attack because you have diabetes. It, It, in my understanding, that has got a lot to do with your, your blood sugar management, you're keeping a good time and range, um, you know, not fluctuating up and down all the time. Uh, that, that sort of stuff is, is yeah, absolutely. Really important I mean, too. no matter how, how you eat, if you're, if you're not, I mean, as, as a type one, if you're not controlling it at the same time, 
I mean that. Yeah. You're, well, you, you're you don't want to compound for complications. Right. You don't want to compound it by doing two things at the same time. Right. Right. It's it's just it's really. It's, I don't know. I find the whole thing kind of fascinating. I feel way better when I eat more um, meat and less carbs. So mm. like that that works better for me. Um, mm-hmm. You know, a, a lot of like, eggs, turkey, uh, chicken, some beef. Um, like that whole, like, like leaning in that direction leads me to a better day. It's fascinating. And I, that's why when you said earlier, like that, that really wasn't good for you. I was like, Oh, that's really interesting how people are so different. You know? Um, it's really cool. actually. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm really just trying to kind of plan out being able to be here, man. And I just want to stick around. And so, you know, when I think, when I, it's, it's like, it's just, for me, it's the same thing as like, cutting toxins out of out of you know the things that i consume or whatever it is keeping crap out of your body that your body doesn't want there and longevity by the way i'm glad you said that because in the end that's really what we're all talking about it's about yeah yeah it's about staying here yeah absolutely and so um you know it just makes sense to me i mean if you guys if there's people out there that want to eat nothing but slim gyms and they have (laughs) Uh, standard deviation at 15 or something awesome dude i mean I, I hope that works out for you in the end but i gotta say i don't think slim jims is exactly what we're talking about <laughs> 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 let's go with slim jim yeah i think i think um that guy was on a, a little while ago and i think he you know he made the point at some point that when i'm talking when he said i'm talking about eating meat like he wasn't talking about like hot dogs and you know like like that doesn't count no, it was a bad sorry it was a, it <laughs> no, was no, no. Bad, no 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 i i don't think it's a bad thing because i do think people can get confused and think oh i'm very like you know i do this this way i i yesterday i had ring bologna <laughs> yeah that it's not the same thing as as a you know maybe a a, a well prepared I don't know, well-raised piece of meat. Like, you know, I don't, I don't think they're, I don't think they're commiserate in the same, because you're still processing the food then when you're making hot dogs or making mm-hmm. stuff like that, just because there's no carbs in them doesn't make them not processed. Anyway, I had no yeah, I mean, idea what we I, were going to talk about. What I find with food is that people are very attached to the way that they eat. And so, I mean, most people will very vehemently argue whatever it is in the way that they eat, you know? You know, it's funny. I take your point because I've seen it too, but I sort of think of it as more of it. It's more of an internet thing. I don't, I don't, it, it, it's become that for sure. Yeah. Meaning if you put 10 people in a room and gave them, you know, and we were all sitting around talking and somebody said, Hey, I'm, uh, I, I'm eating vegan. And it's been really good for me. I don't think someone across the room would stand up and go, you're wrong. I think people would just be like, Oh, wow. Sean's a vegan. That's cool. And, and let it go. I think it, it becomes something you attach your, Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's not like an identity it, component. It, yeah, these days. It's, it's not unlike yeah. other things you see online where people are virtue signaling, right? They want to make sure that you know that they are on the right side of this argument, whatever. They right. Are, or forget food from it. Whatever the argument is, I know better. And I want to make sure everyone knows that I know better for I don't know what psychological reason that is that I don't know how that helps you. But it, it seems very important to people. I think it's I, I guess it's uh, what like a of a, a dominus thing potentially i don't know i always thought of it as currency but yeah i would i would probably say that more yeah it, it's yeah and then you get a group to accept you and then you have then you have community 
right? Because you're against mm-hmm. it and I'm against it. You get it. adoration for the way that you yeah. think. You can do it with politics. You can do it with food. You can do it with a lot of different things. Like, oh, I'm on the side of this because good reasons. Like, I've, you know, it's, um, I've never heard anybody argue one side of anything and not come forward with a ton of good, uh, you know, of, of, of good, reasonable ideas. Like, nobody says, you know what I mean? Like, not, one side doesn't say, I'm for good eating. And this is what good eating looks like. And the other side's like, I eat paper and weeds I find in the yard and I smoke black tar heroin and I'm healthy too. And I want to make my argument about being healthy now. Like nobody ever does that. Like everybody thinks they're because probably because they're doing it in a way that's obviously working for them. Mm -hmm. And so then you get that feeling of like, I need to tell other people, like I just talked about it earlier, right? Like I learned how to use insulin and I wanted to tell other people because I saw how it saved my daughter yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I think, I think when you feel like you're on the right track, you do want to inform people. I'm like, hey, man, this this is doing a big thing for me. Yeah. You should try it out too type of thing. I mean, I think in that sense, it's quite harmless. If, right. if you're just trying to help people. It's when it becomes, you know, like you're... Those are the friends. You kind of you, you get on a soapbox and you kind of have to yeah. tell people like, this is the way. There's I think f- when, when you get to that degree, then you've kind of crossed the line yeah. at a potential oh no no point. yeah there are fringes to everything so you know you you i think most people are pretty you know i'm going to use a word it sounds political but it's not but i think most people are moderate and they're thinking about most things right and there's some people mm-hmm. that lean in different directions i'm not saying left or right i'm saying like you know a little more vegan i'm a little more beefy i'm a little more about uh, I don't eat processed foods. And some people are like, ah, screw you. I'm going to have a Twinkie. But I learned how to bolus for it. Like everybody's got their own kind of like vibe. It, the people who scream and yell, I always think of as being on the uh, as far away from the center as as, as possible. Like they're they're, they're I, probably the most undecided in the end, too, ironically, I would think. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I just you know, know they are maybe very they're, good at yelling. They're, maybe they're things. not that confident in themselves after all, and yeah. they feel like they need to be louder about it. Yeah. But who knows? I have no idea. I, and in the and in the meantime, and super sincerely, I think that's fine. If you're out on the fringe and you don't really relate to anything anyone's saying and you feel passionately about it, you yell. I've never looked at one of those people and thought, oh, my God, they have no right to be, you know, I don't care. Like, I think it's great if everybody says what they think. So, yeah, you, know, you should. Man. Yeah, let's go with me. That's all. Sean, this was good. I probably used up every ounce of energy I have today to talk to you, and I think it was well worth it. But it's possible I'm going to stop this recording and crash <laughs> and not, not, right. not wake up for a couple of hours. Did we not uh, get to anything you wanted to talk about? Um, there's so much more I could say, but, you know, I, I'm going to let you go, man. It sounds like you're not doing well. And- no, no, no. Listen, I'm just, you know, I'm a little euphoric at this point. Like, things are coming back around. I'm seeing colors. And, no, I'm just kidding. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, but seriously, is there, did you have anything you wanted to talk about that we didn't get to? Tell me if we did. I wouldn't ask if I didn't want to know. You know, not really. Okay. It was a good chat, though, Scott. I had a good time. Did you really have fun? Yeah, man. I'm glad you had me on. Oh, I was thrilled to have you. I was glad to hear from you. I think it's amazing as an adult for you to have found, I mean, you moved so far from where you started in a year. Like your first emails were like, they they had panic in them almost. It was, um, it was like someone showed you a completely different world that you didn't know existed and you were excited to find out about it. And absolutely. Yeah. yeah. 
it's really cool to see how much you've like absorbed on the way. Do you think you're going to get a pump? So I actually tried to like six months ago. Um, and then it was a weird thing where I was, uh, told by the, the doctor's office that my insurance had swatted it down, mm-hmm. but then I, I left it alone because I was bummed about it. And I, I didn't, I, I figured, well, I'm not going to get it then. And then I think, I don't know what, if it was like three months ago or so I had called my insurance to, to check in again, just to see like, you know, how much is it, is it going to cut? Co- am I going to be covered on these? And they, they, they are apparently going to cover it. So I don't know if there was a miscommunication or what, but I guess I could have already been on one like six months ago. Oh, no kidding. Well, I hope you get what you want. I have to tell you that, um, I'm a little terrified of trying to figure out how to make the, I'm so used to like low tech. So I do need guidance on it. That's the only thing is I really want to feel like I'm making at least an informed starting point with one. Well, you, you Um, know, your settings, right? Like you, just, <laughs> you, you do like, no, no, no. Come on. how much, how much basal no, insulin man. do you use in a day? So here, let me look at, I'll set your pump up right oh, now. You don't know. No, no, no. My bad. I don't even need to look that up. So I take right currently I'm taking nine units of Lantis, okay. um, which uh, just as a side note, man, I, I, I absolutely loathe Lantis these days. Like <laughs> it was working for me quite well. And then as I, I leaned out and lost weight, and became more sensitive and needed almost like half units, mm-hmm. which I can't administer with those solo stars. Um, it's just a pain in the butt. Okay. Well, listen. It, it has a terrible peak too. Like uh, Jenny noted in one of the podcasts. Yeah. It has, a, it has a terrible peak that it will always wake me up at like two in the morning. It drives me insane. And the thing is, is if I, I'm like, it's a very like, like hair trigger type of insulin. So, if you take, if I take, um, like seven units at night and two in the morning, uh, I get an even keel through the day. And in my, my blood sugars look amazing. And my graph looks quite flat overall. Okay. But if I, it, but I'll go hypo at night, which I don't want, obviously. So then if I back off on my Lantus split dose and I go to six and then I swap that unit over into the day. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I'm doing like six and three, um, all my night will look better, but then it, it just, it completely takes a dump on my day. Like to the point where I no longer have, uh, any coverage for Dom phenomenon at all. My AM cortisol spike, like is like a sledgehammer. I need like immense amounts of bolus insulin throughout the day for every meal. Sean, you're going to love a pump. I it's can, tough, man. And so I, I'm about. just sick of that. And yeah. I'm honestly, the only thing I'm weary about with the pump is, I'm so damn thin now. I'm like, I'm worried about like trying to put one on my legs. Yeah. Now I'm sure you'd be able to find place. I've seen thinner people than you wear them. Listen, and listen, your basal is going to start out around 0.375, 0.35, like somewhere around there an hour. You probably need a little more. It sounds like, you know, in the, in the morning, then you'll need, you know, overnight and you'll just, You'll make a couple of, see, I think the way you're thinking about all this really would lend to digging deeper and, and I honestly want to loop. Like I, I would love to start looping. Okay. That sounds amazing. Do that. But, um, dude, my, my iMac is like seriously antiquated and I, and it, from my research, I, I don't think I can build the app or whatever Yeah, you might not with, be able to. with my computer and I, I'm dude, we're scraping by right now, so what? I can't really get a new computer. What, um, what, um. 
pump are you thinking about? I was, I really never was interested in pumps when I was younger, primarily because of the, the tubing. Uh-huh. Um, and so when I saw, when I saw Omnipod hit the market before I even knew about your, um, podcast, I, I thought it was intriguing, but I didn't learn much about it. Mm-hmm. It was kind of the same thing with like the Dexcom where I was watching it. I was always watching diabetes tech, but I was always unimpressed to be honest. Like I, I remember seeing like the, the earlier, um, Dexcoms and just being like, Ooh, the applicator does not look fun, you know? <laughs> and then, and then when the six came out, I was like, mm, I can mess with that, you know? So then the more I listened to the podcast and heard you guys kind of pitching it too, I thought, well, it actually doesn't sound that bad. I saw a lot of people on IG using it and it actually looked quite painless. And I, that was one of the best things I ever did for myself was getting the Dexcom. Yeah. No to kidding. be honest, I have to be honest, either applicator works fine. Like the, the auto one with the G six is great, but I didn't have any trouble putting it on with the G five. And before I get that it looked more, it um, was intimidating for yeah, sure. Coming yeah. from, you know, an, an old head like me, <laughs> well, you're not the only one who thought about that way either. I don't think that they made that applicator for fun. I think they made it because it was a, it was a an impediment for a lot of people to try. Yeah, it looked you know? like a science experiment, but <laughs> just pulled up on the ring and pushed down at the thing at the same time. Just like, thank <laughs> you, it's all done. I remember doing. Oh my god, I've done so many of them. Um, yeah. So any anyhow, I would yeah. I would very likely if I'm gonna go pump at all, go on the Omnipod, Omnipod. just because, to my knowledge, it's the only one of its kind. So your play, in my opinion, then is you wait until 2021 and you try the um the Omnipod five the horizon and is that one that drops that's yeah it'll 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 be in the from what i understand it should be in the first half of 2021 you won't need a computer and the really cool thing about it is that the algorithm will be burned right like baked right into the right into the pod itself so you don't even need to be near your phone for it to work i'm definitely very interested in that i'm just more weary of like a like making user error with programming Cause I, I, I want to feel like I'm starting on a, on a, like a safe starting point yeah. with it. Well, you will. I'm, I mean, I'm a smart dude. I can figure it out from there on out. Yeah. But like, you know, I, I do feel like I, I need a little guidance in that department. No, I understand. I, I, I sadly think don't think I'm going to get it from my doctor. Well, so. well, I, I agree with you. I think that algorithms in general, as they're coming into the market are the, I think one of the problems they're having is the support of how to set them up. But really, you're just looking to get in your basal right, your you know your sensitivity close, and then you'll see what happens. You can move it around a little bit till you find it. Um, so I, I know hope- you're trying to go, but humor me real quick. Go you ahead. can you can program your basal to like build around your needs through the day, correct? Yeah, man, you could have point three five overnight for a couple of hours, and then say you're going to wake up every day at seven. And you get some feet on the floor, some kind of a rise around seven, seven thirty. You could have mm-hmm. your basal go up to point four, point four five at six a.m. so that it's built up for when you wake up in the morning. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. I know exactly when that happens now too. I would have never known it without you know seeing my data from the the CGM. No, no, hundred percent. Yeah, you can absolutely do that. And if you like, you know, look if you. You know, if you get low every day, blah, 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 you can change it. If you have a meal that you eat and you know you get higher from this meal, but it doesn't happen with any other meal, you could like do a temp basal increase. Like you can, I don't, I don't know. See, this stuff is, that's so foreign to me. That's why I'd be like a little intimidated. That was the only thing. Just think of it this way. Think of having um, your Lantus on a dimmer switch, like a light. And mm-hmm. you being able to like turn it up or turn it down when your needs and you can automate the light. So it happens at certain times, a little yeah, stronger, that's awesome. a little weaker. That's all it is. 
It's having control over your basal insulin. I think that's still the biggest deal about a pump. And that's a side of algorithms because in algorithms, you, there won't be temp basal increases and decreases uh, because right. the, the algorithm is going to do that kind of stuff for you. But, um, but yeah, I mean, just on a regular, if you just got a regular old Omnipod right now, you'd have, a, you'd have, you know, control over all that stuff. That's what I was going to get. And then I, I, I kind of, I don't know, I got lost in the ether and I, I just didn't get it. Yeah. I think if you, um, I mean, it's November now. I mean, I don't really know when it's going to come out, come out, but if you've got the okay to do it, try the Omnipod now, learn how to use it kind of more manually the way it is set up now, and then make your decision if you want to go to the algorithm when it's available. What it, What is the minimum amount of insulin that you put into the, the pod? 80, I think, 70 or 80. I haven't used the minimum amount in a while, but you'll use... Um, like my, good. I'm just doing the math real quick because I use it about... And that'll be about right. Yeah. Although I, I'm assuming it'd be way less actually, because you're only using one insulin. Well, um, cause wouldn't it be more? On. Wouldn't it be more because you're going to, you're going to use, so you're going to use point. What did I just say? Well, I was looking at my total daily dose, like, you know, basal plus bolus type of thing. And mm -hmm. at the moment I'm at 24.4. Oh, you're going to need more that, than 80 then because you're going to use, yeah. you're going to use 27 units at a minimum. I would think for just your basal, and then 24 times 3, 72 mm -hmm. plus 27. Yeah, you're going to probably use about 100 units every three days. Okay. Because yeah. that my concern, too, was like, I don't want to waste insulin. Sure. You know? um, just only, But I, I'm very naive to it because I don't know like how much I'd actually be using. And I just know I'm using a, a dramatically less amount than I used to use. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. The pod holds 200 units. Uh, at its maximum, it holds a minimum of 85. You you won't waste any. You're going to use more than 85 every three days. And what what uh, rapid do you guys do? Arden uses a Pedra. See, I've never experimented with any other analogs beyond uh, Novolog and Humalog, which are essentially the same thing. Yeah, we've used Novolog. I found it to... Um, it peaked like too harshly for Arden, and she'd crash a lot afterwards. Uh, and mm -hmm. we tried, and I, I experienced that myself, which yeah. is, which is kind of that was why I want to ask. Yeah. So then we tried a pedra. I find a pedra to work very uh, predictably and smoothly. Like I know how a pedra works after using it for so many years, mm -hmm. and I'm good at using it. But Arden tried Fiasp recently, and that was yeah. really good. Um, and uh, yeah, I caught that episode. You said it stung. Huh? Yeah, but it it didn't work for her her uh, physiology. But the way it worked specifically was good. Like, uh, mm. we didn't have to pre-bolus as long. We could be, um, she could like have food that was, I don't know how to put it, like, like stronger carb food, uh, because it was working more quickly. We weren't seeing as many like spikes. Her bait, I think if I could have kept her on it for a long time, I actually think I could have brought her A1C down a little farther. And I think, mm -hmm. and I think that her stable times would have been more stable. It worked really well. It just burned and bruised her, and she just couldn't. Use, she couldn't use it. Yeah. So, is it does a pedra have the same type of action, or is it, it different? Uh, a pedra doesn't. I I the way I used to explain a pedra to people is that I haven't seen double arrows up or down, and I don't really see single arrows up or down ever on a pedra. Hmm. So, it. I mean, that could be very user like driven but no, yeah, i'm good at it i'm not saying that but i'm saying yeah that i used i was good at it when i had novolog and it didn't matter like it, oh, I, I, I wasn't as good with novolog as i am with a pedra 
Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So it's 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 got like a different slope then. I don't know, dude. I don't know what it is, but Novolog felt like it went in, took forever to work, and then worked really, really intensely, and then stopped. And it that's just, yeah, yeah, that's my experience. That's right. I mean, I've pretty much used Novolog my entire life. I'm just kind of used to it, yeah. and it can definitely be a pain in the butt. The asked went times. in, started working right away, and felt like it was out of her system sooner. Really? Yeah. And a Pedra. Um, See, I wish we talked about this instead of me talking about my my mess ups all the time. I wish we talked about this stuff before. We are talking about it. Don't worry. I got a second <laughs> one. We're I, I don't want to keep you, man. No, no. I still haven't thanked you. You do this thing that I don't know that you realize is a thing for me. But when you really like an episode, you share it on Instagram. And oh yeah, I'm happy to share them. No, but it's not because that's not what I'm saying. I'm happy you're sharing them too. But you're one of the people that when I see you share it, I feel like, oh, because you don't blindly share everything. So I know when I did a good job because you shared the episode. Like that's one of the ways I tell how I'm doing. I would not use Sean as a barometer, but I appreciate that. <laughs> Sean is not a good barometer? No. Is that the title of this but episode? I, I, I'll, I'll take the pat on the back. I dig it. You're just one of my little metrics I use. So, and you know, one day you'll be gone. I hate to say it like this. One day you won't be, oh, and and then there'll wanna... be, and I'll find somebody else. But you're a person that I identified as, like Sean doesn't just like throw kudos at me, um, you know, like I'm at a wedding and he's got a bag of rice. <laughs> like so, like he's very, you're 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 stingy with your praise. Yeah, I am a little bit. Yeah, no, dude. I, it's, I got it's interesting that you would notice that. God damn right, I did. How do you think I make this podcast popular? I know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but you're one of my people. Like, I'm like when I when when you're like, this was a good episode. I'm like, damn, that must have been good. Gosh. See, I'm the same way with music. I'm I'm absolutely the same way with music. Like, I I won't I won't just like pat uh, artists on the back just because you know they want the adoration. Um, I actually come from a music background and. I think a lot of young kids that wanted to make music with me thought either I was amazing because they looked up to me or they probably thought I was a big ass. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, late, over the last year or two, I, I can't tell people enough about Gary Clark Jr. But oh, I, he's amazing. Yeah, yeah, but I don't spend a lot of time. I'm a big people. fan, actually. Yeah, yeah. I don't tell a lot of people about my my music likes. I'm not, I'm not, I don't overly share my music uh, um, interests, but it, it, I, I'd go if the world ever gets right again. I want to see Gary Clark play live, and and the last person, I think he'd be amazing to yeah, see live, man. Yeah, the last person I made the effort to see live was Yo Yo Ma. I don't I don't go to a lot of live music, but mm -hmm. I want to see Gary Clark play live somewhere. Man, I haven't been to a show for way too long. I used to go all the time. Yeah, yeah you got old, man. <laughs> I was telling my. I know it's so sad. I told my daughter the other day. I said the best live show from just performance I was ever at was Guns N' Roses. I said, no, that would be fun. Axl Rose ran and you're thinking, you got to think of Axl Rose's, you know, like not the, not the old man that he is now, but he ran around that stage for three hours, a hundred miles an hour and sang the entire time. It was the most impressive thing I've ever seen. I, he was really impressive. I thought Metallica was really great live. Um, I could never get into Metallica, no. but I know everyone seems yeah. to love Metallica. I love they were very good live. You know who else was really good live? Sting. 
of all things. Sting. That, oh, you saw Sting? Dude, yeah, he was really good live. I saw him at an outdoor concert uh, with Kelly when we were really young. Um, actually, one of Sting's songs, uh, a remake he does, is my wedding song. So, um, but yeah, he was really good. But I've seen some Max. Oh, do you know who was great live? The Black Crows. Really? I sat through a Heart concert to watch the Black Crows open for Heart. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't That's kind of funny. I don't mean to insult anybody who likes heart, but that Barracuda song gives me what the kids call douche chills. Uh, it's really bad music, and uh, <laughs> for me at least. But yeah, I, I, I lived through an entire heart concert so I could see the Black Crows open for them. Um, but you know, and and Alyssa told me I should come to Germany and hear her play when she was on the other day. So, uh, oh, is that where she was? Uh, she's actually in Germany. I, th- she was talking about this one concert hall that I think she said it was in Germany that she said, it's just an amazing, oh, I see. amazing okay. place to see her play. Um, that was a really, really cool episode. I like that one. I appreciate that. Thank you. I love the cello. So, um, by the time this comes out, I should have another, I can tell you now cause nobody will hear it. Uh, I think I got the, Hey everyone jumping in for a second here. I'm sorry. I can't tell you who I got yet. I'm still working on it. It's taken a long time. And then somebody just like during the, the broadcast, they're like, he has type one diabetes. So I've been trying to get him on the podcast since then. I can never get any traction on getting him on. And, um, I did something for, uh, I did something for a, a charity the other day. And when we got done, uh, the person was like, Hey, this was great. Thank you. If you ever need anything, let me know. And was playing at the charity event i said give me if you give me the address the email address of his manager i'll uh we're even and she's like all right mm-hmm. here it is so i think i got him i'm excited i love i think that's uh i don't know i've very strange mix of uh no you know what that's that's pretty cool um i think it's it's interesting when you you learn um how music touches people and and music is such a like amazing component of our lives, even if we don't realize it. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I've been surrounded by it since I was a kid mm-hmm. and I, I can't imagine a life without music. What that kind of music miserable. did you play when you were playing? When I, well, I'm sorry you, that I played Yeah. or that I was just around. No, I thought you said you were playing, you had played music for, for your Oh, well, so I come from more of a like hip hop uh, production background. Okay. Um, engineering, mixing, and I ironically have a bachelor's in recording arts, even though I learned everything on my own. Hmm. Um, it's more just a p- fancy piece of paper on the wall. <clears throat> but um, I just have always loved being able to like create something from scratch with friends. Um, and I've kind of lived and breathed hip hop since I was a little kid. I had like, you know, fat boys on cassette so um it's just always been a part of my life my dad actually managed uh tower records for 30 plus years no kidding yeah and so i grew up i got to i grew up in a record store it was it was amazing well let me measure my 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 rap likes and then we can get out of here uh i like dave east a lot do you know him See, I, I'm 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 kind of an old school head, even though I I do listen. I try to tune into newer stuff, right? 
Um, I'm gonna, I'm probably gonna kind of square myself out a bit, but I, I can't really dig a lot of the new stuff these days, even though some of it, I, I kind of see where they're going with it. Yeah. Um, no, so I, I hear you. I I'm do. not familiar with that guy, but there, there, what happened to me, in my opinion, um, along the way is I started just noticing too much redundancy in music and it, it made me kind of like not care about a lot of the new stuff coming out. Mm-hmm. It just, it felt so predictable D- during the nineties. And I hate to, you know, pitch up the nineties, like a lot of people do and say it was the golden era or whatever, but there, there was a lot of push to be like a unique version of yourself, mm-hmm. at, at least in hip hop. Uh, but I think across the board really. Um, and there was di- the dynamic between record labels was different. Um, I think it's all for the better these days, to be honest, because there's more, even though there's saturation and there's too much out there, there's a lot more organic stuff being created these days, which is also great. Yeah, at least the artists but, have control of their stuff for the most part. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, you, it just goes to show you really didn't need those labels in the first place and they were just kind of milking you. Mm. But at the same time, they did become sort of like a vessel to put people into more people's ear, you know, ears and and i think that that was one thing that you can't deny about certain record labels there was there was good labels along the way too that they really grew artists yeah well they had distribution channels too that mm-hmm. didn't exist until the internet really. exactly yeah, yeah. and distribution is vital like if you don't have a distribution you're back when it was hard copy you know yeah. um you weren't you weren't going to get into anybody's household and, and so that was a big deal and i think that's part of what played into being a very original version of yourself with music back then was it, it was like there wasn't there was way more push to create something that mm-hmm. was highly unique in in that not just the way it sounded but like you know everything about you even mm-hmm. like from the the way that you even your style was a component ironically it's interesting because i probably have a mix of that because i brought up dave east because i like his voice and when my son listens to him and i'm like this guy's got a great voice i don't think he cares like my Mm -hmm. son hears like the beat underneath of it and all that other stuff like that's and i don't care about that as much like i i even like i like pop spokes voice like i hear voices more but i don't it doesn't open up a doorway for me to talk about it with younger people who like rap music that's interesting because yeah. most people do gravitate to the beat more. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really care about the beat so much. I'm like, this guy's voice is really neat. And, uh, and my son's like, what is wrong with you? And I'm like, you don't hear that. <laughs> I'm like, you're listening to the same thing I'm listening to. You don't hear that. And he's like, nah, that's not the part I care about. I'm like, ah, it's interesting. That's very interesting. So, all right, I'll let you go after you tell me what's the best rap app ever. Who do you love? The best rap what? Act. Who's who, 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 uh, who did it right in the nineties. Okay. So, man that that's completely like so you know yeah, of course your it, opinion i i can't honestly like i've been influenced by so many artists but like a top one for me would be pete rock and cl smooth mm-hmm. those guys were phenomenal they were kind of like for me personally anyways what made me want to be part of the culture what made me want to make my own version of whatever that is and um contribute in my own way uh you know, uh, their, their music kind of really set a fire under me, but so many, because I, I, I've had, I've had, I, I really do like all kinds of music. Like I, I really enjoy 
almost everything minus I, I, I suppose country. And I, I can listen to like older country, like Johnny cash type stuff. Mm-hmm. I can't, I can't listen to modern country. That makes me cringe, Yeah, but, I, think I've listened but to the- I, I, I love the blues. I will listen to the blues any day. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I listen to all kinds of stuff like Afro beat, whatever. Uh, I really enjoy a variety. I, you know, it's kind of boring when I listen to one thing. I heard the, uh, you know what I heard recently that threw me off was um, I started watching Justified. Uh, it's available now on Hulu. And uh, the theme song is a bluegrass rap mix. And I can't tell if I, I, I really like the show, but in the beginning when I'm, I think the, like I wanted to watch another episode to hear the theme song again. I, I was like, well, that's a, a mixture I've never heard before in my life. Yeah. It almost sounds confusing. I have to hear it to uh, get an idea. You find the justified theme when you get off of here and tell me it's not a little catchy, Uh, but cool. All right. Well, Sean, now we've gone from an hour to hour and 45 minutes. Uh, Okay. But, but but I really, I had a really good time talking to you. I'm, I'm, I'm really glad you did this. I'm super happy that you found your way and, and you're, um, you know, you're making so many positive changes for yourself. It's fantastic. Yeah, thanks, Scott. Yeah. I enjoyed chatting with you, man. Cool, me too. A huge thank you to one of today's sponsors, Gvoke Glucagon. Find out more about Gvoke Hypopen at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juice box. You spell that G V O K E G L U C A G O N dot com forward slash juice box you know where to go to find a great blood glucose meter contournext.com forward slash juice box thank you so much to the contour next one blood glucose meter for sponsoring this episode of the podcast and of course a huge thanks to sean for coming on the show and sharing so much <laughs>